Hi folks, thanks for tuning in. It's Sunday School Bonanza. Of this week in Mormon's production, we are here to give you a gospel doctrine preview slash review. A synopsis to really get you going, get you ready for gospel doctrine, get you thinking and pumped up so that you will participate and do your best work. I am we will jo- do it to you. And this is, I'm joined this week by, of course, my, my This Week in Mormons co-host. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Aldone, Hello. This weekend, morning. What's up, everybody? Hey, Al. You know, Al decided to join us here because this is this is the last uh, episode for the Doctrine and Covenants and Church History and, Manual. And it was our two hundredth episode on Twim, so we decided to just keep the good times rolling. Yeah, we're just rocking things out. So uh, we've so we're going to do this. We're going to finish off this and our lesson this week, lesson forty six. It's called Zion, the Pure in Heart. So we've had a great year with Doctrine and Covenants. I've enjoyed this manual a lot. Because, you know, unlike the other ones that are based on the, the rest of the scripture canon, where there's a, a narrative through a lot of it to talk about principles, Doctrine and Covenants is much more just, there is the element of church history, but a lot of it's just revelation and, and idea-based. And so it's, it's very cool. So this last lesson here, 46, Zion, the pure in heart, you know, it doesn't have anything in particular to do with directly with either, or specifically rather with, uh, with the latter days, with the pioneer days, with the previous days. It encompasses all of these things. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about in here. Yeah, yeah. Zion's a, Zion's a fun topic to uh, kind of steep on because there's, I mean, there's a very literal understanding of Zion and then there's obviously many spiritual angles that you can take as you approach it. And there's the, the Zion of the Old Testament, the Zion of the New Testament, the Zion of today. Uh, the Zion of the Book of Mormon, uh, like all of these are, are examples that have different elements in them that we need to sort of pick through uh, in order to have a better understanding of what Zion is and how we go for it. Because in the gospel, Zion is one of the, like it is the the climax of much of what we uh, speak about and study about. We are trying to get to Zion. Yeah. Well, and then, heck, before I was going to do the attention activity, but like you said, Zion has several meanings. So if you go to Doctrine and Covenants 9721, the pure in heart, Doctrine and Covenants 8214, the church and its sticks. So we see that uh, there's literal meanings, there are figurative meanings. Moses 719 discusses the city of Enoch. In Second Samuel, yeah. we have the ancient city of Jerusalem. Doctrine and Covenants, of course, talks about the new Jerusalem to be built in Missouri. And the book of Hebrews talks about the dwelling place of those who are exalted, so it really does. Yeah, it means many, many things. It's not just con- confined to. But you know what's you know what's city. interesting is you went as you went through that list. That's that's very uh, closely identified to the list of places where the Lord will reveal Himself uh, during the second coming, and in in an interesting order of, you know, he, he will appear to the old Jerusalem, to the new Jerusalem, to his his saints at Adam on Diamond, and then to the world, right? And so, like, it's. That, that was just kind of that's something that stood out to me is as you know these places of Zion are uh, are also the places where the Lord will come to uh, when He returns again. Yeah, something I actually love here is I we often mock sometimes the attention activities that your teacher might be you know asked to do. This one's pretty good though because I like it says. Give each class member a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. Ask each individual to write down five important things that he or she would like to accomplish in light in their life. After they've had the time to write, read this statement. It's by Joseph Smith. This is great. Joseph Smith said in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, We ought to have the building up of Zion as our greatest object. The time is soon coming when no man will have any peace but in Zion uh, and her sticks. I think that's a good thing. I think it's really good to to catch people, I don't want to say off guard, but say write down the five most important things to you, and then bam, be reminded that the most important thing we should pursue is the building up of Zion. 
Yeah, this was interesting. Jeff and I were just having a conversation about goals and life goals and Deep things. Life stuff, yeah. And then, <laughs> and, uh, and nowhere in that conversation did we say maybe we should be building Zion. Maybe that's it. well, no. The one, uh, well, I, I, my thought was the one thing that we both mentioned was we would be a little bit embarrassed at ourselves uh, if you know coming home from a mission we had told our mi- return missionary selves where we would be spiritually and in our spiritual right. goals ten years from now. You know, it's 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 weird that those those priorities get lost. Um, so yeah, that's a great. I think that's a great attention activity. The 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 word Zion. Uh, I wanted to take just a minute and kind of think about the different meanings that we have for it because there's there's this idea that Zion is actually a physical place which will be built, which which actually is true, right? In the uh, in Independence, Missouri, there will be a. This is interesting. There's a there will be a complex of twelve temples built at the center of this area, and then a city will be built around it. And uh, the purpose of the twelve temples is one for each tribe, sort of thing. Each one will have different duties that are being done. And then there's all this kind of cool stuff that happens. And so, if you study the New Jerusalem, this is something that you'll come across. And a lot of people think of that as Zion, or they think of Enoch and uh, this pure in heart. Uh, people as Zion. And then in our day, um, you know, when we think of Zion, I think it's really easy to just sort of brush over a lot of that. We're waiting for independence to happen, right? Yeah. When, uh, when really, I mean, we make covenants surrounding Zion or uh, the law of consecration and stuff in the temple uh, that are very specific to like time, our, our time, um, our contributions to not, it's not so much money, right? The, what we are supposed to contribute money wise financially is taken care of in tithing for the time being. Uh, but the other part of that design, the consecration is around our time and our, and our efforts. Yeah. So as we think about how to build Zion and what to do with it, uh, you know, be, be conscious of that, of, uh, of the Lord is asking for our time and efforts yeah, instead exactly. of money and building and picking up weapons to go and beat people into submission so they'll be Zion-esque. Yeah. Well, and it can mean all of those things, but you're right. It's not strictly financial, but it's also not strictly being of pure in heart. You know, we have to be willing to consecrate ourselves and our resources to build Zion. It's an extremely uh, important well, and pure, thing. Pure in heart. I mean, pure in heart is, is hard. That's not an easily translated into a daily actionable activity, right? That's, that's like, oh, was I pure in heart today? I felt pretty good. I didn't yell at anybody. That's got to be something. <laughs> one thing I love, though, I love, uh, you know, in the book of Moses, we learn about Enoch. This is one of these great things where we see immense value in uh, the books and the scriptures of related to the restoration. Enoch is mentioned in the Old Testament, of course. But in the book of Moses, we have much greater in-depth understanding given to us of Enoch the prophet and the city of Enoch. And, of course, we, we learn in the scriptures that the city of Enoch is famous because it very much represents Zion uh, as a, a tangible sort of thing, as a completely righteous city. And we learned the city of Enoch, of course, was so righteous, so much turned to the Lord, so pure in heart, that it was eventually translated, that the city was taken up and translated. Yeah, and what's, what's interesting about, like, we can take a lot of examples or a lot of principles out of the building of Zion uh, that Enoch goes through here. I mean, one of the things is uh, the, the Lord... You know, he calls his people Zion. Enoch, his participation in this is, he. it says, and it came to pass that Enoch talked with the Lord. He said unto the Lord, surely Zion shall dwell safely forever. The Lord said unto Enoch, Zion I have blessed, but the residue I have cursed. Like the, the conversations that happen between Enoch and the Lord are, I think, paramount to this, right? So as we, as we're trying to build Zion, 
um, in our in ourselves and in our homes. Joseph Fielding Smith has a great quote where he says, "When when a family has bound Satan in their home, the millennium has started for them already." Uh, mm-hmm. And I yep. and I love that. I love that sort of idea that like. We don't need to wait for that big thing. Like, have these conversations with the Lord if you're a parent or if you are, um, you know, like wherever wherever you are, you can have this conversation and say, all right, so what is in my home that invites Satan in? What do I need to do to be pure in heart? What do I need to remove from my life uh, to be pure in heart? And let's, let's just be driving towards that. It doesn't mean you need to separate yourself out from the community or from your city. Uh, it just means that in your home, where you where you are, the place that is your dominion, uh, just work really hard on being pure. And the way that Enoch does it is he prays a lot, a lot of conversations with God, uh, a lot of sort of open dialogue with his people, and they just keep working at it. That's what I get out of chapter 7. Yeah, another interesting thing that jumps out at me, Doctrine and Covenants section 105, uh, there are many things, of course, that, that typified Zion, that helped people become Zion. And in 105 verse 3, it's interesting, it says, but behold... They have not learned to be obedient to the things which I required at their hands, but are full of a manner of evil and do not impart of their substance as becometh saints to the poor and afflicted among them. And so the lesson even talks about this, that our need to take care of the poor and afflicted is also part of being a Zion people. It's not just being obedient, being pure in heart, actively working to build the church. We also have to go out of our way to make sure that we take care of those uh, who are less fortunate. And I love that this is actually singled out as one of the aspects of a Zion people. You know, in the lesson. And well, it, it, well, you, Jeff, you did a you did an op-ed on this week in Mormons dot com a couple of weeks ago, where you talked about. Um, I'm trying to think of like like, oh, the the inequality of wealth, right? And you and I had a discussion on the sort of on the side around this, around like like the meaning of either you're taking money away from me and giving it to poor people or what are we, what are we trying to do? And coming out of that, I just had this feeling like I needed to understand better how I'm supposed to handle like my own money, right? Like, like is, is making a certain amount of money bad is making, no. when I make a certain amount of money, what are the responsibilities that come along with that? You know, sort of these, these other thoughts that, a lot of times people don't consider because they're focused solely on creating an income right. uh, that once you get there, it's like, all right, well, what do I need to do with this income so that I can remain or uh, or get back to being pure in heart or like doing what the Lord would do if he were in my shoes, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, be, success, wealth, none of that is a sin by any means. But of course, if that, is our, if that becomes our, our golden calf, if that's what we seek after, and especially if we do so at the expense of those who are less fortunate, you know, it's not a good thing. I think it's very clearly given to us in a, in a completely apolitical sense that we need to find ways to take care of the poor. And the scriptures attest to this. It's not saying that uh, every, everything will be, it's not communism. It's not straight that up. Is, that is interesting. Like Jesus, you know, and the 12 disciples, uh, the 12 apostles, they had a treasurer, right? They had yeah, somebody yeah, with yeah. a, with a, with a bag of money as slim as it may have been. Uh, but, but they didn't go around just dumping that money on everybody that asked for it, right? Like it was the money was used in certain examples and was given to poor people that that needed it here and there. But it was, it was used and distributed judiciously in a way that uh, that I, I actually like that just occurred to me that that yeah. you know even the savior you know may have had jurisdiction that included money and what did he do with that? I mean, it, like how how did he learn how to deal with that in order to to remain pure in heart and still build others up, but at the same time, care over his household. Exactly. And, and we see that we see that today, not to stay on directly on this, this little subtopic here, but yeah, I mean, we see today that, uh, 
you know, bishops are those judges in Israel today who can receive that inspiration and know whom needs to be helped to, to make things yeah. better. And, and we see, of course, with President Monson, a living prophet has changed the three pillars of the church to the four missions of the church to include looking out for our brothers and sisters in this capacity. It's definitely a big so, part of it because I think that charitable mindset is a huge part about being a Zion-oriented people. Yeah, well, sure. obviously the blessings of Zion, right, the, uh, the promises that come along with it, are are great. Uh, we're we're promised that oh, yeah. um, you know the Zion will will spread. I mean, it, it's a great thought to be included in a community that is a Zion community. This this idea that there's no like backstabbing and evil speaking and and things of that nature, and all that goes away, and you get to be blessed of the Lord. You get to live in a community that is that is blessed and supported by. Um, by your heavenly Father, and I, th- I think that's a that's a great idea. I mean, imagine like a good family that that does what they're supposed to can be blessed. But imagine if there were cities that were doing that. Exactly, and the Lord was blessing entire towns or nations uh, or or you know continents. I mean, like it, the the idea that as this gets bigger, um, life just gets better. Yeah, and and, awesome. and it won't be exactly like this. But think about how you feel when you go in the temple. And much, many of those reasons are because of the peace, because of the lack of, of guile and of, of discord. All those, you know, those, things that are, those great things that are kept out of the temple and the great things we put into the temple. So, of course, imagine how that would be at a societal level if we had that. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be exactly the same, but that would be remarkable. And that's how I picture the city of Enoch. You know, people living day in, day out, no temple involved, but having that mindset, having that that same reverence towards the things of the spirit. And that's really something that we can aspire to. Absolutely. We can, we don't have to say it's unrealistic. Yeah. We have, we have the, the toils of life and the things that we need to work on and work through, but that doesn't mean that we can't aspire to things and work on things and prepare ourselves no. uh, for, of course, the Zion that will come, as you said, Al, you know, when we'll have the new Jerusalem, have all these temples and, and all these other great things that are going to happen. We can do plenty. I, I always, yeah, I keep going back to that Joseph Fielding Smith quote. When when Satan is bound in your home, the millennium has begun for you already. It's a perfect um, You know, so so don't don't wait. Jump in there. Get being Zion-esque in your life. Amen. Well, I think that's going to do it for this lesson. That's a great way to sign off. What a great year with Doctrine and Covenants. I've, I've enjoyed it. So uh, thank you to all of you who tune in and subscribe to this podcast, who make it a part of your lives. We appreciate that. Hope you'll spread the word as we get ready for Old Testament next year. Stick around. We're definitely going to keep going. So it's going to be good. Um, Al, where can people find us? Tell us. Tell them. You can always find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Come leave a comment. Send us an email. Contact at thisweekinmormons. It is the best. Yeah. And go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Go to YouTube. Many of you listen on YouTube, actually. So subscribe. And subscribe to these podcasts in iTunes. Get on our mailing list and join the Gospel Study Sesh we talk about the things of the Spirit in the Holy Writ and Word. That's the thing. All right, Al. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Appreciate it, folks. Lesson 46, Zion, the Pure in Heart from the Doctrine and Covenants and Church History Manual. Sunday School Bonanza is a This Week in Mormons production, and we hope that you have a terrific Sabbath. We'll talk to you next year for Old Testament. All right. Bye-bye.